if I was anybody else, I may have been offended because it's like, wait, this dang, I thought I would get to share and have content because we're in a day of content. Everything is content. Everything is content. That's the day and age we're in. And so if you're not giving people that opportunity, they could take that the wrong way of like, wait, did I rub this person the wrong way? Did something happen? Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Podcast Trapper. I'm your host, Anna Gogo, founder of Black Pod Collective, Black Pod Festival, and Adode Media. And as you know, with the Podcast Trapper, I take you behind the scenes of all things podcasting, from what it's like to run a community, a podcast conference, as well as a full-service podcast production agency and studio here in Atlanta, Georgia. And as you know, I sometimes have little hot takes on my thoughts, my experiences, and some things that I've seen that either work for my clients or just don't. And a segment around how they built this, talking to industry leaders about how they did the things that they did, as well as independent creators who've been able to do some pretty dope stuff behind the scenes. This week, I'm joining you to talk about something that's a little different. Um, I've already talked about how to pitch to be a guest on a podcast, so please make sure you tune into that. But this week, I'm touching on how to make sure your guests have a great experience. As podcasters, I know we often tend to say, oh, they're not pitching us right. Okay, once they've pitched us correctly and we've accepted the pitch, how do we ensure that they actually have a good experience? Now, the reason this kind of came to mind is I recently had the worst, and I mean absolutely worst, experience as a guest on another podcast. And talking to the person, I recognized there's just a lot of things that she didn't know. Thankfully, she was open to the feedback, but I thought it would be nice to kind of share some of these tidbits because there's a lot of people who you're just learning. And I fully understand that. Some people may not be as understanding because I know for me, I was like, what in the world is happening to me? So first and foremost, you want to make sure that when you have a guest on your show, that There's an email communication. I know oftentimes in this day and age, we're so big on just jumping in people's DMs and then letting everything live there. I don't personally find that to be the most professional because it's a little difficult to keep up with things in the DM. I can't easily and readily search for things that were said in my DM. Now I have to kind of go back and forth and figure it out. So making sure that you're going about a formalized way. So if you jump in their DMs and they respond and they provide you, or even if they don't provide you, you ask for their email address so that that way you can follow up there. You can send out a calendar invite. I know for some people, you're probably thinking these are the basics, but There's somebody who doesn't know, so bear with me. Next up, after you've kind of secured them and they said yes, yay, whoop, whoop, turn up, turn up, turn up, turn up, turn up, turn up. You've gotten the yes. Now what? Once somebody has indicated that, yes, they want to be on your podcast, there's a follow-up process. What this looks like is giving them the logistics and the run of show. So for clients, when we produce their shows, we do send each of their guests a run of show In their production note, which a production note is just kind of giving a high-level overview of what the episode will be about. Now, I know for many of you, you're like, hey, Anna, I work full-time. You cannot possibly expect me to be doing a... No, you don't have to do it that way. You can instead create a template for your podcast where if you know you have the same segments every time and then you flip it out that way. It gives people a good understanding of what the episode and what the show and what to expect. I personally prefer when people give me high-level topics that you want me to touch on. 
The reason for this is I take it very seriously to be a guest on your podcast. I want to do research to make sure I understand fully. I'm going to do some research to understand your audience specifically so that this way I can give tangible examples. I can kind of glean into what they need. If you've given me no information, the likeliness that I'm going to now go dig in without actually having any direction is difficult. I don't want to just start driving into the night with nowhere to actually go. You know what, y'all? I'm dropping bars today. I mean, hot fire. Like, the trapper in me is activated. It must be because I'm tired. Maybe we should do this more often. No, we should not. I'm a little cranky. Matthew's shaking his head. But I say this to say, like, when you think of preparing somebody for a conversation, you want to let them know what they're walking into. My worst experience was because I genuinely had no clue what I was going to be talking about. And in my defense, I made a bad choice. I made the decision that clearly it has to be about podcasting because that's what people typically reach out to me about. And that was not the case. They wanted to talk about my mental health and that wasn't something I really wanted to talk about. It was very strange. And the reason for this is I'm very specific about what my niche is and what my platform is. I don't want to give you advice about mental health because, baby, I'm still figuring out what they look like. I just work and go home. Self-care. That's it. So that's not something I, I readily want to engage in conversation. So it's important that when you're reaching out to people, you're highlighting. And I'm not saying the exact questions, but what I call overarching themes. And so by an overarching theme, it's like, these are the things that I'm going to discuss with you. And this is what this is going to look like. Kind of take them on a journey of what it's like to be on your show. Give them an episode that you're like, hey, this could be a really good one for you to listen to that's similar. Because keep in mind, when you're pitching to someone for them to be a guest, you want to also do the work just like when you want them to pitch to be a guest. Huh. Hopefully that made sense because I said the same thing twice, but in different ways. And I hope my tone made the difference. So I'm going to say it again because it didn't feel like it resonated. And I want to connect with you. So if you're pitching to someone for them to be a guest on your show, you want to do the work to make sure that they are prepared to be a guest and you are ready to talk with them. But just on the flip side, when they are pitching to be on your show, they want to make sure that they're doing the same. Whew, that was hard. And so with this in mind, it's important to do that legwork to inform people so they can be properly prepared. And I know some shows who like to blindside people, who like to kind of catch you off guard to get your on-camera reaction. Be mindful of that. That can come across in not the best of light on camera because people can see your expressions and it's not as easy to edit some of those things out. And people can see people's discomfort. You don't want to be a person who's known for blindsiding people, especially if you don't have this massive audience that people are willing to turn the blind eye to of blindsiding or making somebody feel cornered because then other people are not going to want to be on your show. So how you treat your guests makes the difference. But here's the last piece. And I don't know if I should say last because I may have more, but it is important to ensure that you are following up with these people after they've been a guest to tell them when the episode goes live and give them the assets. So anything that you're creating to share, ask them to share. My worst experience, this person didn't even tell me it was going live. I didn't know. I don't know if they tagged. I don't even think they tagged me. And it's probably because of the fact that I don't let people tag me. But I basically had no clue the episode had went live. I instead was scrolling and I see myself and I'm like, oh, Okay, why didn't I know about this? I had to then reach out to her to say, hey, can you share some of the assets with me so I can share it? And this is not the first time I've had this experience. So it lets me know that this is something that's more prevalent. 
when you're getting a guest to be on your show, you want to get in front of their audience. Like you want to utilize that opportunity to tap in, tap, tap, tap in, you know, like you want to do all of those things because of the fact that that's important. And if you're not like at least even asking, because she never even asked, she never brought it up, any of those things. And thankfully she was okay with me sharing this information. So do know that she's not going to feel like I'm throwing shade. We already had an extensive conversation, but she never even asked. And if I was anybody else, I may have been offended because it's like, wait, this dang, I thought I would get to share and have content because we're in a day of content. Everything is content. Everything is content. That's the day when age we're in. And so if you're not giving people that opportunity, they could take that the wrong way of like, wait, did I rub this person the wrong way? Did something happen? So part of your guest experience is kind of in three folds. It's their onboarding experience, meaning like once you've actually confirmed with them, what does that look like? To me, that's the onboarding. That's me telling you the expectations of the show. That's telling you the format. That's telling you how long. That's telling you, like, what platform are we recording at or if we're doing it in person. That's the follow-up email, meaning that reminder before the actual session. It's not just like, oh, I sent you a calendar email. No, no, no. Follow up with the email the day before, two days before. Hey, this is just as a reminder because life can happen and life be life in. Next up is their in-studio or on-camera how they feel. I know people who've started episodes and they just get right to it. We're not even doing small talk. And I get it. Sometimes you're inviting people to be on your show that are complete strangers. But how you go about building a network and going from a stranger to actually having real connections in this industry or in any industry is taking time out. And this is where your run of show is important because you're able to then build that buffer to say from this time to this time is banter. Banter is important. I remember being completely uncomfortable on this episode because literally she went right into the conversation. We didn't even really have like, oh, so how's your week been? You know, are you so excited to be on it? You know, none of that. We went right dive in. Tell me about your mental health. Well, girl, I don't even know you. I'm not telling you none of my business. That's not what I said, but I'm just saying. And so it's just those type of things. So the in-person experience. I've also been on where the person didn't even show their face. We're on Zoom. I get on camera because we're having a conversation. And they decided not to get on camera. And then it's that awkwardness of like, do I now get off camera because you're not on camera? Because I don't want you to just be staring at me and I can't see you. And so eventually I got off, but I didn't feel like I connected with the content. I didn't feel like I connected with the host because I could not see them. And it's also just not what I expected because an expectation was not set. So you see how like the experience changes, like how I was able to show up. I didn't feel as comfortable sharing because I couldn't even make eye contact with you. For all I know, somebody else is in the room. I don't want to be vulnerable with you as you're sharing stuff. I don't want to do that. I'm going to give you as surface level as possible because you did not take the time to build that rapport, build that connection. Last piece is their offboarding. So we talked about the onboarding, basically the production, and now it's the offboarding. The offboarding experience, look, if you choose not to utilize somebody's content, because I know people and I was that person too, where I chose that I didn't like the episode And I chose not to share it. And I at first started ghosting the person when they were reaching out to ask what's the status. And then I finally admitted that, hey, I didn't like the audio quality. And they were like, hey, we can record again. And I was like, oh, that thought never crossed my mind. You're so busy. She's like, I don't care. I said I would do this. Let's do this. And let's do it correctly. Allow people to be kind and fair to you by communicating with them. That offboarding period looks like if you choose you don't want to use this, be truthful and be upfront. We have to start addressing things head on. You address. 
And with that in mind, it's important that you let people know, like, hey, I didn't really like this so much, so can we maybe do a retake or chop it up, whatever the case may be. But that offboarding is also, when does the episode go live? Let people know that. Sending them the graphics. Let people share that. Telling them what you want them to do now that the episode is live. For somebody who's not a podcaster, they may not get it. I remember a friend told me that, you know, she didn't share. She didn't know it was important because the person who interviewed her didn't kind of make that known that, hey, it would be important to me if you were to share this and let people know you were on my podcast. Allow people to be generous with you by telling them what your needs are. Don't hold it in silence. So that offboarding is when does this episode go live? You know, how can they help you get the word out there? Thank them for their time, their generosity, and ask them for something. The amount of times that people have talked to me about like a possible need, but they've never really asked is confusing to me because random strangers send me DMs all the time asking me for the world. You've had me on your show. Tell me what you need from me. Do not ask me for money. That is strange. So I want to be clear. That's not what I mean. But I mean like an actual connection. Ask me like, hey, I would love for us to like go for drinks, go for coffee or connect me with somebody. Once you've made this personal connection, which is what a podcast is, you've made a personal connection through your media platform, follow through with that. Don't just let somebody come off your show and then you never really contact them ever again. In six months, send them something. When a season ends, send a greeting card. It could be via email. Send an email saying, thank you so much. I really did appreciate having you. Something we do for some of our clients is where we get the addresses for their guests. And at the end of the season, we send a note. Yes, it's not from our client, but it's that personal touch to say, thank you so much for being a guest. We did appreciate it. You know, it meant the world for this season. This is the amount of downloads we were able to get because you were willing to join and share with your audience. Those little things make a difference. It makes people feel warm and fuzzy. Shoot, I feel warm and fuzzy talking about it. And so I want to talk about the guest experience because I feel like we as a community of creatives are not doing the best. We're not doing our best. We could do better. And I want to see you do better. And I want to also not have horrible experience on being on a podcast ever again. I didn't like it. And so if I'm thinking about the amount of things we just don't know because we don't know and everybody is so busy. And I always say, like, I don't ever think that when people make mistakes, it's from malice. I assume it's from incompetence and not incompetence like you're stupid. Let me be clear. But more of an like you're in your own bubble. Everybody has so much going on. So the next time that you feel like maybe a guest didn't perform in the way that you wanted, they didn't share the content. There's a few things you can do. And we've shared that. But actually, there's a bonus one I forgot. Oftentimes, your color palette may not match your guest color palette. I know. Imagine if I'm soft whites and creams and soft colors. You are black, blue, everything you see here. Those two color palettes don't go together. So then if you send me a graphic for me to post on my page, I will put that in my stories. It lives there for 24 hours. I'm happy I got to share it. But if you're able to create something that is specific to their graphics and ask the question during the intake process of what would make you want to share this content with your audience, finding out what their color palettes are so that this way you can make it specific for them. And in Canva, that's the click of the wrist, a little flip of the wrist. I think that's how that goes. I don't know. So those are just some bonus things that I forgot to say earlier that I hope you found helpful. And as always, 
I hope you enjoy this content. I love making sure that I focus in on not just the podcasting space, but also my experience as an entrepreneur, community builder, producer, brick and mortar, business owner, team builder, connoisseur. I like to take you guys on the journey of what it is to turn podcasting into your trap, which in my case, I've turned podcasting into my business, my passion, and my hobby. And so I hope you guys found this information helpful and I hope you share it. You know, like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend that the podcast trouble is here. And I don't really be trapping. It's just fun to say. Until next time, guys, have a good one. Oh, 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 oh,